Two veterans at different stages of their careers, both competing for the same position. They're the focus of today's season preview. Kevin Love and Caleb Martin, what version of each player will we see next season? We debate their potential roles, how they can impact the season, and much more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is Dave Vermill, however you're tuning in. YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Uh, we're in the middle of our player season preview series. On the last episode, we talked about Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. Today, we'll be looking at Kevin Love. And Caleb Martin will ask the big questions facing each player, look at their best and worst case scenarios for the season, decide if they're going to be in or out of the rotation, and look ahead to what we'll be saying about them this time next year before deciding which Cheesecake Factory menu item represents them the best. Um, Let's start with the big question. Let's start with Kevin Love, David. What's your big question facing Kevin Love going into the year? You hear it all the time from players as they age or even once they're out of the league, Father Time is undefeated. But for the big question for Kevin Love, can Heat culture defeat Father Time? Can he go one million and one? <laughs> you know, basically that would be Father Time's record against NBA players. But can Heat culture finally beat Father Time? I don't know if it's possible. You know, we saw Love take a step back, even from you know, where he's currently at in his career. Like he he wasn't really functional towards the end of Miami's playoff run. He wasn't a big part of that rotation. He had some moments here and there, but not, not nearly enough to be considered a, an impactful player. And a lot of that comes with the context of having a long playoff run. Like if Miami gets booted out of, you know, the, the play-in tournament against the Chicago Bulls, do we view Kevin Love's tenure in Miami as an overwhelming positive? Probably not. We would see it mm. as a negative, and they probably, I think a lot of Heat fans would be clamoring for the team not to re-sign him. But because he was there for this long, protracted run, and because he was a, an emotional leader, et cetera, we kind of view it through that lens somewhat optimistically. But now is a different season. Now is a different opportunity. Can he be healthy? Can he be impactful? That remains to be seen. We're recording this on his 35th birthday. Yeah. Um, he told me he wants to play until he's 40. Sure. He could probably could be in the league until he's 40. I don't know how much he'll be playing until he's I, 40. You know what I mean? Like Kevin Love I is one of those guys that. that's popular enough. No, who knows? It, it, it's not a lot of guys. You're probably right. There's not a whole lot of guys that end up being in the league at 40 years old. That's his goal. God bless him. Like, go for it, man. But, and look, he's popular enough. He's well-liked enough. Like, I remember asking Doc Rivers about this when Philadelphia was in Miami and being like, yeah. why were you guys going after Pursuing Kevin Love? And, yeah. and they're like, at the very least, he's a great guy to have in the locker room. And it's not something that people in the outside really understand is like, and you and I have talked about this enough where like just having him in the lot, regardless of what he did on the court. And by the way, he provided a lot more versatility for Miami's roster and things like that down the stretch. And he's a big reason why they got to the finals. His numbers didn't burst off the page, but like just having him as an option and basically not making Caleb Martin start at power forward was a really big deal, right? right? I don't know that Caleb Martin scores 26 points in game seven against in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics if he has to start at power forward. You know what I mean? Because there's so much more on his plate to do in that position. So um, I remember asking Doc Rivers about even if he didn't play, just yeah. having him in the locker room would be Save helpful. us, Kevin. 
Yeah. Le- or lead, lead us, Kevin. Sorry, lead us, Kevin. That was the, the rallying call, right, for the playoff run. Lead us, yeah. Kevin. And somewhat jokingly, and at the same time, you know, he provides that leadership, emotional experience, been to the finals, won a championship. That's... I think he's been to the finals every time he's been to the playoffs. Well, he never right? made he never it in got Minnesota. There in Minnesota. And literally right. every time, he, I, he's never been to the playoffs and not gone to the finals. <laughs> what a Kevin Love stat. Great for Kevin Love. Um right. Sort of related to that. My big question is, is he just the default starter? Mm. Is he just, by default, the starting power forward? I think the answer to that question right now, before any Damian Lillard trade and whatever kind of happens within that madness, um, I think the answer is yes. Mm. Right? I, I I just, look, we, we've done the Haywood Highsmith conversation. We talked about Jimmy Butler and Haywood Highsmith on the last episode in our in our preview series. Um, I think he's got a chance. I think Jovic obviously is part of that. We'll talk about him in the next episode, but, um, by default, I think it's his job to lose, I guess, maybe, but might, might be a better way to put it. I'm not sure I agree there. I think really, yeah, I think Spo says it often enough and it's been proven where I do believe him. We saw, you know, Kendrick Nunn supplant Deion Waiters. We've seen this from other players throughout Spo's tenure as head coach. It's an open competition. He wants to see who emerges as the best option to play alongside Bam and Jimmy in that front court. And given that, if it's Haywood Highsmith, if it's Nikola Jovic, if it's Caleb Martin, who we'll talk about in the next segment, I, I think though there are options there and that he wouldn't just pencil in Kevin Love. Certainly not. This but I, I think you and I are saying the same thing. But I guess what I'm saying is if the season started like this minute, Kevin Love would start at power forward. I guess. I mean, that, I, but but it I but I think it is an open competition. But like, if you're Haywood Highsmith, you're looking at Kevin Love and saying, "I got to beat him for the job." No doubt, right? So, uh, what's the best case scenario for Kevin Love? It's not great. Uh, again, the the bar is kind of low. A functional starter, and, and again, what I talked about in the the other preview episode that we did. You know, one thing they can improve on. I want him to be the Udonis of this locker room, the emotional leader. Mm. I don't know how likely that is. We kind of saw hints of it last year. Can it be? Again, it, can it be something that you can stretch out over the course of a full regular season and all the ups and downs in the 82-game season? Given that he's older, will he stay positive? Will he still bring that same energy that we saw him bring to the table last year when he was added to the roster as a buyout? You know, that, that seems to be a big question in, in terms of, like, again, as older players, what's the role? Like, how do they fit in? How can they make an impact? It's got to be not just as a starter, but also as an emotional leader. <laughs> I kind of had that as my worst case scenario. Oh, really? For Kevin Love. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, best case scenario for Kevin Love, he gets back to his career average of shooting about 37% from three point range. He was around 29% by the time he joined Miami yeah. uh, last year. He's better than that. He's a better, he's, he's just better than that. So I, I think he'll be better than that. I don't know if he'll be at 37%, but best case scenario, that's his career average. Put it there. Um, averages six to seven rebounds, plays 20 minutes a game. And that's the, the in, in other words, the regression hasn't quite taken hold, right? Mm. He could still give you spot minutes as a starter before Miami gets to, quite frankly, their better lineups, you know, which might be a little bit more small ball, but Kevin Love can at least start against bigger lineups and provide that size and the rebounding and, and a little bit of the reputational floor spacing. My worst case scenario for Kevin Love is that that three point shot doesn't come around. The defense, because he because he's not a great defender already, and if that three point shot doesn't come around, 
he's basically unplayable. Yep. And he's he just sort of turns into this matchup based player. Like against the Knicks, you can play him. You know, maybe against the Celtics, you can't. And that's just sort of his destiny. That would be my worst case scenario. Uh, I mean, I think mine's and then little... and then obviously, the, and then he just becomes a locker room kind of guy. Yeah, mine's even a little bit more dire than that. Oh, that he's done. I don't think so. That he's done and he gets uh, frustrated and just basically he's there collecting his paycheck. It doesn't seem likely, again, given the fact that he's a positive, you know, been a positive player for most of his NBA career. But, you know, if he's here and he re-signs with his team and then he sees his, his you know, losing his starting job to Haywood Highsmith or anybody else and he's not really functional out there, that growing frustration could wind up being damaging to the overall chemistry. You saw in Cleveland. Positive. Yeah. Right, he got out, he was out of the rotation. There was a little bit of a youth movement at that position for them, and and he, he got bought out. Right, he negotiated. By. Um, if, if what would it take for Kevin Love to just be out of the Heat's rotation? Is my question to you. Like, yeah, Haywood Highsmith would emerge as a starter the way that we kind of talked about his best case scenario on the last episode. That that and then that's a big who, part of it. Who yeah. else fills in minutes there? Oh, I I think. They're not too worried about backup power for like I think they're, they're again you can kind of rotate Caleb in and out you can go you know go small yeah go yeah. small go t- double big with Anthony uh, you know Bryant sorry and and uh, and, and uh, Orlando Robinson you could you could there's options there but okay. it's just more I it just I don't know that Kevin Love is going to burn bridges in Miami they everybody has spoken so highly of him but you never know these things can boil over and you don't really see it until it happens and so he's at he's at an important crux in his career you wouldn't think so again given age 35 and everything he's accomplished but this is this is the last you know pit stop it's kind of like you know you're taking a road trip and you kind of see that oh gas or rest area up ahead and you're like no i can push it to the next one and it's like you wind up (laughs) having to go another 50 miles I don't know. I don't know if he's in for that next we, 50 miles. We saw Udonis Haslam kind of go through this, didn't we? Right where he was sort of this rotational guy by the end of the big three era, and then it wasn't. And in the media, I could still play. He would always tell us, I could still play. But he wasn't playing. But he didn't He didn't make us think about it. Like the most he ever said was in the media, he was like, I could still play if they need me. And that was it. It was sort of like the, the stay ready so you don't got to get ready type deal with him. Uh, I think if Kevin Love, if this were to happen to him again, this is just, look, I don't, I'm not, I've talked to him. I don't claim to know him well. Yeah. But I, I would just think if this happened to him twice, he would just be like, yeah, you know what? Writing's on the wall. We'll see. Yeah. So I don't know that he would make a stink about it, but um, but we'll see what happens. You know, like like it, it happens quickly, right? In, out, TBD with the rotation. I've got TBD. Uh, I think the first one I've get doled out, I just think it's because he's at a weird point now where he's no longer physically able to make that kind of contribution. Can he find other ways to contribute and still be functional? I think so, but... That has yet to be determined. I've got him as in. All right. I, I, I go back to my my big question with him. I think he's the starter by default. I just think he's going to get minutes. But I don't know what the better options are. Maybe one emerges in training camp. Maybe one okay. emerges in the preseason and, and something happens here. Okay. But right now, the way the roster is set and what I know about these players, I think he's being – I think he's the starter. If, even if he's like a Luke Babbitt starter, I think he's the starter. And uh, And so I've got him as in, and I feel pretty good about it. I'm, I, you know what? You, I usually know what you're thinking on these players, and I'm actually a little surprised that you're this low on Kevin Love. We've talked, we talk enough about this team. No, I, I, I'm higher than what I'm saying. I just, I'm looking at it through again. This is a, a, a make it or break it in terms of defining what he'll be for mm-hmm. the last phase of his career. And sure. he might already be there. So that's, yeah. that's the big question. Uh, 
We'll get to our big question about Caleb Martin next. Could he actually start at power forward? Might not be the ideal scenario for the Heat. We'll talk about that next. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season. An incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5. And you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet 5 bucks will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. What a deal. I know. It's unbelievable. 100 bucks off. You can't beat it. You can watch as many NFL games as you want. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. And you can bet on everything you could possibly imagine from spreads, player props, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Make sure to tune in later this week when we talk about the young guys. Mm. Nikola Jovic and Jaime Hakas. Untouchable, the both of them. <laughs> we're going to talk about whether or not they're untouchable. Mm. You know we're going to talk about that. All right, we're not talking about that now. We're talking about Caleb Martin now. Mm. Big question about Caleb Martin. What do you got? Can he keep it going? Uh there's just it's been such a strange career right like two years ago he's out of the league and 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 nobody would have thought twice about it i was like oh what did he have a twin brother at some point that's what we would say about cody martin and a caleb would have just been playing in china or something like that and maybe trying out for a g league team and who knows instead here he is and he's having a phenomenal two-year stint with miami what's next can he keep it going can he keep building off this has he plateaued it's a big question for me um i'm glad you bring that up I'm going to get into that in my worst case scenario. My big question right now is, is he going to be forced to start? I guess I'm just like hyper fixated on the who starts at power forward for the Miami Heat. I think, I I think the lead, look, if you were going to kind of create a pole position right now, the way that you would do in a race, Kevin Love would have the number one spot and Caleb Martin probably would have the number two spot. And then like, you would have Haywood Highsmith, Nikola Jovic, and, and those would probably be the guys that are sort of back there and maybe they can make some ground. Obviously, this time last year, we were talking about Caleb Martin starting at power forward. We taught, we we predicted that Caleb Martin would start at power forward. He indeed did start at power forward, and the Heat didn't like it, and we didn't like it. Nobody, Caleb Martin, quite frankly, didn't like it, right? right? And then eventually they got Kevin Love on the buyout market, and they were able to move Caleb Martin into a, a, a better position coming off the bench as a more perimeter-oriented player. If Kevin Love... If we see that decline that you were talking about in the last segment, then Caleb Martin might be forced to start at power. Right? It's one thing to get Kevin Love in February and be like, dude, can you give us 20 games? And then and then be there in the play. And we saw him, by the way, in the Eastern Conference Finals and the first game of the NBA Finals, he didn't play. Not not only did he not start, he didn't play. Right? And Caleb Martin kind of uh, uh, reprised that position. But... I, I do wonder whether or not they get into training camp and they look at Kevin Love and what he's at now as a 35-year-old and say, this guy's not ready. He, this guy can't start for us anymore. This guy was out of the rotation in Cleveland, right? And then he started for Miami in a pinch. I do wonder if my if Miami's going to be forced to start Caleb Martin. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, it probably one the biggest question, again, moving into camp this year. I mean, you're not – right now, nothing's moving in, in terms of Damian Lillard. It's not about how you can incorporate right. him. Maybe that question isn't as important in terms of who starts at power forward. But right now, looking at this team going into camp a month away, it's like you need a starter to play alongside Jimmy. 
you know, Tyler's probably going to be penciled in automatically. I mean, the guard position, another one that's still open up, and we talked about that mm-hmm. uh, in terms of Kyle Lowry, whether or not he would be the default starter, but I, I think that seems uh, another likely possibility too. So uh, two older players, like that, that doesn't bode very well for, for Miami's chances if you're going to be starting older Kyle Lowry and older Kevin Love. And- right, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of experience, I guess. Uh, best case scenario for, uh, for Caleb. Uh, six man of the year. And a consistent yeah, offensive part. Yep. I think he's certainly capable. I, I don't know why he hasn't garnered more buzz. I guess the year before it was Tyler. And again, six man of the year has kind of devolved into who puts up the most points off the bench. And I don't necessarily care for that being the, the biggest reason why. I remember having this discussion with Locked on Cavs host Chris Manning as to why Kevin Love couldn't have been the sixth man of the year in his uh, the advanced metrics, and he does contribute in other ways and stuff like that. But that you know that's just not the reality. It's, it's who puts up the most points. Caleb could put up, he could put up good numbers off the bench, and couple that with the fact that he provides a defensive spark and that he he can have a couple highlight plays, you know, a big dunk, a big steal, and a fast break opportunity. The things that had made him so memorable over the last two seasons, I could see him generating a little bit more buzz that way. My best can my best case scenario is he wins six men of the year. You and I are thinking the same thing. Um, you said nobody's paying attention. Vegas is paying attention to Caleb Martin as a six man candidate. Seventh what best odds? odds according to FanDuel, plus nineteen hundred. Uh, you know who has the best odds? You want to guess? Six man of the year. Six man of the year. Christian Wood. Uh, no, that actually might change now that he's signed with the Lakers. But uh, yeah. don't don't think about Christian Wood. You got another guess? No, I don't. I don't. Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you know. Boston Media Mafia. I'll be honest with you, considering he was almost like a cast off in a trade that, that was never finalized, I, I've completely forgotten that Brogdon was even there, especially in context of his injury and everything else like that. It it, it clearly is shout out John Corrales, you know, the Boston Media Mafia. Unbelievable. Can I short that? I want to short Malcolm Brogdon winning six minutes. Uh I, I mentioned Caleb was seventh. Uh, here's the order: Malcolm Brogdon number one at plus eight fifty. Then you got Emmanuel quickly, Norman Powell, the guys that make sense. Malik Monk. I kind of like the odds at plus one thousand for him. Interesting. Buddy Heald. Huh. I thought he would start for the Pacers. Yeah. I, I, don't I don't know what's really going on in with India. Chris Paul again. We don't even. He might start for the. I, I kind of. I think Chris Paul might start for the Warriors. I don't really know what's and going on. Steph, there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to anybody with Golden State, but. There's a chance he starts. And then Caleb Martin, right behind Chris Paul. Ahead of Bobby Portis, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Christian Wood, uh, Karis LeVert, Josh Hart, Benedict Matherin. That's interesting that Portis, considering he was one of the top candidates last year. So Vegas likes Caleb Martin. and But I, at plus 1,900, I think those are really favorable, like really favorable odds. I, I think he could be the Bruce Brown of this season, honestly. So um, It was the Bruce Brown of last season, basically. You could... You could put five dollars into FanDuel, bet on Caleb. Like I, I legitimately recommend this to people listening. Take those five dollars, put it on Caleb Martin for Sixth Man of the Year. Save ninety-five, save a hundred dollars. So basically, ninety-five dollars in aggregate on your Red Zone Sunday ticket, whatever it's called for the YouTube TV thing. You're already winning because you're saving $95. Like, this is not paid. I'm not doing this. This is not a paid segment. I just think it's like free money. Do it. And I best case scenario, you win money because Caleb, Mar- like those odds at plus 1900, I really like them for mm-hmm. Caleb because there's like three guys in front of him who might be eliminated just because they're starting right. more games than they're coming off the bench. So 
Right. I don't know why you want to do that. My worst case scenario for Caleb is sort of related to what you talked about. Weird career, to your point. The three-point shot to me is not consistent, not provenly consistent. Yeah. We've watched him. We've watched him in the warm-ups and the practices and all this stuff. I think the three-point shot is legit. Um, Eric Spolstra could be hyperbolic about how good his shooters are at, at, at shooting. Mm-hmm. But when he talks about Caleb Martin, I do believe him. I don't know that he's a great three-point shooter. Like Spoh called him a great three-point. I think he's a good three-point shooter. Uh, but he shot 41% two years ago. He shot 36% the year before that. Or, or last year, I'm sorry. So is it going to continue to go down? Is it 41% to 36% to 33%? Or is it 41% to 36% back up to like around the 40% mark? That to me is my question. And the worst case scenario is it goes the other way. Yeah. Uh, my worst case scenario is that not necessarily that he believes his own height, but I think there's added pressure for him considering he's also going to be entering free agency, having to figure out your role. Like he had a bigger role last year. He flourished. Now it's like, well, what? How do you balance? And it's a difficult balance for any NBA players. Like, how do I remain aggressive mm. and try to build my stats to the point where I can get right. that big paycheck? Because this is this is his first, I mean, his first and maybe even his last big paycheck at this point in his career. So to me, it's it's uh, his worst case scenario is there's a reason why he was almost out of the league. And he just winds up becoming a non-functional player out there because he can't find that balance between being the player he was, a really, really good, impactful player, and then still putting up his numbers that might be a detriment to winning. I, I just don't – I don't see it getting that bad. Uh, you're right. I mean, it's maybe it's the maybe that's the ultimate worst-case scenario. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's like apocalypse scenario. That's biblical, man. I think a worst case. It went biblical. Yeah. Uh, Biblically quickly, bad in, case scenario, yeah. Uh, in, 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 out, or TBD? In. I think he's in. In. I think he's in, too. Um, all right. What are we talking about these guys in 2024? Kevin Love, Caleb Morton. Some really interesting stuff. They might not even be on the team this time next year. We're going to talk about that next year on Lockdown Heat. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app every day. Or tune in later this week. We're going to talk about Nikola Jovic and Jaime Hakez. Young guys, can they make an impact? We're going to tell you on the next episode. But we're talking about... Kevin Love and Caitlin Martin. We're going to talk about what Cheesecake Factory menu item they are here in a second. But before we do that, what are we talking about when we talk about Kevin Love and Caleb Martin this time next year when we're doing our season previews? What's your big question facing Kevin Love in 2024? Well, what I'm saying about him is welcome to the coaching staff, Kevin. I can't wait to have him there as a coach. Uh, I think I could see him taking that role. He told you, he's, he's spoken to me about it, that he sees coaching as the mm. next phase for him. Uh, I, I don't see why, you know, that loss of Anthony Carter, that position hasn't been filled. I mean, maybe he's, he's brought in there as another guy. And again, provide some of that continuity, a voice in the locker room, somebody that the players feel comfortable talking with and to, and also somebody who, who feels comfortable getting out there on the floor and, and, and showing up these players every once in a while. So assistant coach, Kevin Love, I see in 2024. Uh, he's also, Talked about maybe going into a front office role, to your point, so that yes. he could also maybe do something like that. Um, I don't see Kevin Love going. In, I think Kevin Love's going to play a couple more seasons. This. Yeah. Number one, he's got a player option for $4 million. He ain't going to be paid $4 million as an assistant coach. 
So it's really easy to just pick up that player option and be like, do what you want with me. I'm making that $4 million. Yeah. Um, My question, what we're saying about 2024, Kevin Love is, is Kevin Love's contract tradable? Ooh. Kevin Love at 36 years old making $4 million on an expiring deal. Hmm. Is that tradable? Because I think at that point, we're going to be at the point, at least hopefully here in Miami, where they have some sort of longer-term answer at power forward, whether it's Nikola Jovic or somebody else. Um, I don't think Kevin Love is going to be the starter at power forward by default by that season. Um, so what is his role? Is he sort of like this Jeff Green kind of guy that's playing spot minutes as a backup center? Uh, locker room presence, to your point earlier. Like, what what is he really doing now? And at $4 million, I think it's more than he's making this year. He's making three point something. Uh, he's, I think he'll pick it up. I think he'll play just or, or just be in the league as a player for that reason. Hmm. What's his role going to be? And because he's expiring, can you kind of take that $4 million, package it with maybe a, a Duncan Robinson expiring or something I, like that and, and kind of get something else with it? Yeah, I, I, I it's hard to pass up $4 million, even if you've made already as much as he has. And yet I just don't see him being the kind of player to collect that paycheck if he's not going to have a role. And I, again, I, I disagree. I, oh, really? Yeah. I think he would definitely collect the paycheck if it doesn't have a role. I think he likes the idea of playing until he's 40, it, being in the league, not playing, being in the league until he's, I think he likes the idea. And like, I don't know, man, like what else are you going to do? No, I There's so much it. money out there now for these guys. This is like, you want me to be a great locker room presence for he's already, he's already thought about retiring. Like, I just don't, I can't see him. The veteran minimum is like, for for a guy that's been in the league for his for for as long as he has like sixteen years whatever it's been five more years dude like he, you think he's got three five million more... a year I, I look I don't know that anybody will sign him but I think he'd be willing to make three million a year to just kind of do his be Kevin Love in the locker room like maybe be you know be great with the media be as me you know every locker room kind of needs that media sponge where it's just like all right it's Throw Kevin out there. It's game 65. We don't really have anything to talk about. Throw Kevin out there. What does he think about how the year's going? <laughs> um, Caleb Martin, what are we talking about him in 2024? Charlotte Hornets. I got a good one. <laughs> I've got how can the Heat replace Caleb Martin? <laughs> Same thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, he, he makes his triumphant return to Charlotte there uh, to play alongside his brother. And uh, I, 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 I want to stop spinning this as negative because you and I have brought up the fact that Caleb Martin's probably playing his last year in Miami. And the reason is because he's got the player option. It's like around $8 million or something like seven, seven or $8 million for next year. He's, if all goes well, he's going to opt out and make more money than that, right? He'll probably make 10 million plus whatever it's going to be. Um, I'm sure we said the same thing about Max Struess last season and, and wind up proving correctly. It's yeah, not a negative. To, yeah, yeah. You, have, you have to understand. If all goes that well, he's not here next year. You know, right, because like that's the, that's the plus side for Heat fans. It's like he he can have one really good season, and that could be of extreme benefit to Miami yeah. on their path to a championship. But if he takes that money, we saw it with Bruce Brown. Like, yeah, I mean, good exactly. point. You brought him up earlier. Help Denver win a championship. Hasta la bye bye. I'm taking my money in Indiana. Who knows what happens? And there. great for you, and great for us, and it's been real and deuces. Like, I just realized that's why Buddy Hield's coming off the bench because they got Bruce Brown. Oh, so they'll start Bruce Brown and then. Bring Buddy Healed. I kind of hate that for Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's their problem. <laughs> yes. So sorry, Tony East. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe. I mean, defensively, whatever. It doesn't make sense. Um, 
Uh, with Caleb, though, I want to spin it as a positive. This is the point of having a great developmental system and a pipeline is that you have a Caleb Martin, you use your Caleb Martin, and then you let your Caleb Martin go. Just like you have a Max Struess, you use your Max Struess, and let your and then you let your Max Struess go. And behind him is a Cole Swider. Behind him is a Drew Peterson. You know, you, sure. you, you, you develop the pipeline. So that's the point. Behind Hockers. Caleb Martin could be a Jaime Hawkins, a Haywood Highsmith, and these guys that we're talking about. But right. uh, let's get to the fun part. Let's head to the Cheesecake Factory. Kevin Love, what Cheesecake Factory item is Kevin Love, David? Uh, you know, it wasn't easy to figure out. I didn't, uh, I didn't see anything that really stood out and said typical Kevin Love. But I got a, I picked them as a club sandwich. Uh, to me, it's like you kind of know what you're going to get. At the same time, I was doing a little research on the history of a club sandwich. Did you know? <laughs> Please tell me. I want to know about the history of the club sandwich. Did, did I you know, love a club sandwich. Yeah. Did you know it was supposed to include ham? Because that yes. seems like okay. Well, turkey I don't and think, ham. Oh no! It's any type of poultry. Originally, it was chicken that was often used. Oh, chicken and ham, chicken and ham with lettuce, mayonnaise, tomato, and bacon, which has always been a staple of it. But the ham yes. seems to have just been cast to the wayside. So I kind of see it. That's how Kevin Love's career is. Like he's missing a piece of he's who missing he was. the ham. <laughs> he's just he's, he's missing the ham. Uh, you know, you, you kind of know what he is at this point. But is there anything better to get at the Cheesecake Factory? Probably. But at the same time, you kind of just want a, a club sandwich. It's something you're familiar with. So that's what Kevin Love is. Kevin Love used to have the ham. He used to have the he ham. He was buddy. an all-star. He had the ham. He does not have the ham anymore. <laughs> He's hamless. He's hamless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that as kind of slang for a player that used to have it but no longer has it. Man, <laughs> he used to have the ham. <laughs> well, he used to go Carmelo ham. Carmelo Anthony and... used to have the ham. Now he's hamless. So one of the, I'm glad you brought up the ham and, and turkey. if I see ham and, and a poultry, I'm, I'm, that's interesting that you said it could be chicken. Cause I thought it was just ham and turkey by default. Uh, if I see ham and turkey and a club sandwich on a menu, I'll order it. Cause I'm like, Oh, this place legitimately knows what's going on with the club sandwich. I love a club, a club sandwich. Like that is a great, I don't know what I'm ordering. I'm going to go ahead and take this. And by the way, the one at cheesecake factory, again, not a paid segment here. It's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty yeah. good. Um, but does not include ham, though, which is, again. It's hamless. It's yeah. hamless. It used to have the ham. Uh, with Kevin Love, I've got him as an appetizer Caesar salad. Oh. He used to be an entree Caesar salad. Oh, it's <laughs> and, a small salad. Now. And now he's got a smaller roll. He's a smaller salad. But to your point, you know exactly what you're getting with the, app- with the Caesar salad. You know, yep. it's going to be some romaine lettuce. It's going to be a mayonnaise-based dressing, a couple of croutons, For salt sure. and pepper, and that's your Caesar salad. This For one's sure. just a little bit smaller and plays a little bit less of a role in your meal. I used to love the Caesar salad. I, I haven't had one in a long time. Oh, I'm a I'm – a, this Kevin Love meal sounds great. If you give me a club sandwich and a Caesar salad for lunch, I'm I'm happy, man. I'm happy. We so should, we should, we should have our first watch meal. party. Yeah, we should have a watch party at Cheesecake Factory. If they sponsor this – then we'll be happy to do it. We could do one at the Sawgrass Mall or something. But, no doubt. Uh, Kayla Martin, what Cheesecake Factory menu item do you have? Uh, <laughs> a Cuban sandwich in uh, a little huh. bit of everything. Uh, but is it legit or, or just, yeah, is, but is it a legit Cuban sandwich? You know, we're talking about Miami here. Is it a real Cuban sandwich? Because you could go to like a billion places that could make right. a real Cuban sandwich. Why would you go to the Cheesecake Factory for a Cuban sandwich? So, you know, I it's, it's, it's the yeah, answer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Go to Cafe so, Versailles. It's right there. 
Right. So as he continues to thrive as a player in Miami, is he just another clone of those players that we've seen who kind of just has a burst here and then kind of just tapers off and never winds up becoming a, a good elite level player? That's kind of how I see the club, the Cuban sandwich, excuse me. And that's how I see Caleb, at least Derek, potentially. This Derek year. Jones Jr. looked like he could be a Cuban sandwich and then he wasn't anymore. He was like, uh, right. what's a bad sandwich? I don't know. Uh, what's yeah, a bad I, sandwich? Uh, like chicken salad? Chicken salad's not a great sandwich. Right. I'd rather have tuna salad. I'd probably even rather have egg salad. Ooh. I think both of those are like considered pretty bad sandwiches, right? But I, I, I think like a tuna okay. salad sandwich. Tuna salad's like a top five sandwich for me. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Like a Subway, they have a tuna salad. They don't have chicken salad available. I don't get the tuna salad Subway. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got Caleb Martin as spinach dip. Ooh. He's reliable. I, I but saw he that. Was- Ranked as the number one item to get on an I told you yesterday I saw another list of good items or good top items at Cheesecake Factory. Somebody listed spinach artichoke tip. It's like what what are we doing here? Like you don't, I don't like care. spinach? I'm sure it's great, but even the best spinach artichoke tip shouldn't be like the best item at a, a restaurant. Like I don't I don't know what that list is, you know. I love a good spinach chip, like a crispy it's, tortilla chip chip, and then you got the creamy spinach and the salty chip and the crunch and the creamy texture it's all that's that's fine it's a fine great starter. Have... I, I, exactly exactly is that it's what he is is he a great starter that was the thing he was he was playing out of position as a main course for a lot of last season but as an appetizer as a minor you know exactly what you're getting he plays his role and it's perfect for that role spinach dip as an appetizer is a perfect appetite it's a perfect appetizer I don't know that there's a better appetizer than spinach dip. But then as soon as you put them as a starter, it's just like, whoa, what are we doing here? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, as an appetizer, it makes more sense than anything. But as a starter, like, if somebody order, if you were on a date and your date order, it's like, okay, you know, let's just skip the appetizer. We want to have a meal and a drink and maybe some dessert and then we'll go off to other things. And then in your date, and she ordered like a, a spinach dip for her entree, you end the date. You end, like, the date is like, red flag, we're out of here. If you get that as an appetizer at the end of the day, like that's a that's a non-starter, what? right? Yeah, that's a, a spinach artichoke dip on a date. I don't well, know. I guess it, it's not that messy. I mean, as long as you're like no, doing it, little bits of spinach. Parmesan breath ain't the best, though, probably. You know, it's just they, they probably have some garlic in that, in that yeah. mixture somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's not really a date for nothing. It's like it's a first date, and you're like, yeah, let's get some artichoke dip. Yeah, that's really awesome. But anyway. Uh, my wife and I get spinach artichoke. So she actually has an interesting take on this. I know we're going long on here, but I think it's a, I think it's, it's necessary. Important is, enough to talk, yeah. talk about. She says the best way to order to, to, to measure whether or not that spinach dip is going to be good is if it says spinach and artichoke dip. Yes. Don't get it. Oh, if it's just the spinach dip, get it. What's wrong with artichoke dip? It, there's like a chunkiness to it. That is not ideal for the experience. That's her take. That's you get, I'm take? not telling you if I'm pro or con. I'm just telling you that's her take. And that's how I live my life now because I'm married to her. So it's that's the way it goes. Uh, this has artichokes in it, though. It does. The Cheesecake Factory one does. But the name is just hot spinach and cheese dip. Which, again, even in the name, it just sounds unappetizing. Hot spinach and cheese dip. Hot spinach. Get your hot spinach here. <laughs> We got your yeah. hot spinach. Yeah, if this was a Boston staple, everybody would be talking about hot spinach. That's how I like I start every morning with hot oh spinach. Oh, my God. If it was in Boston, it went defensive player of the year. <laughs> Do 
just a plate of hot spinach would win defensive player of the year. Like <laughs> all you need is a hot spinach shot there, baby. <laughs> Thanks for making Locked Out Eat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in later this week for our discussion on the young kids, Nikola Jovic, Jame Hakez. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. David, I'll see you at the Cheesecake Factory. Absolutely.